As physicians, we provide a vital public health service when we vaccinate our patients. However, this practice is often a money-losing proposition for us. Many primary care physicians are even discontinuing immunizations in their practice. What can physicians, vaccine manufacturers, and insurers do to improve the current vaccine financing and delivery system? You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment, Focus on Healthcare Policy. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Hsu, practicing general pediatrician and author. Our guest is Dr. Jay Berkelhammer, Senior Vice President and Chief Academic Officer at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, Clinical Professor of Pediatrics at Emory University School of Medicine, and past President of the American Academy of Pediatrics. Welcome, Dr. Berkelhammer. Thank you. Now, many physicians go into medicine to take care of patients, but many of us need to be well-versed in the business of medicine in order to survive. Now, it's no wonder that many physicians are dropping out of the vaccine system. And in fact, a small group of pediatricians right down the street from me has discontinued their vaccines, and their patients now have to go somewhere else to get their vaccines. How common would you say it is in the United States for practices to stop giving vaccines because of poor payment? I would say it's, it's less common than you, you might think. There are certainly many doctors who are struggling with this, but I would say there are even more doctors who continue to give the immunizations at a personal expense to them and to their practice. But it is a major, major issue for us. And I am afraid that if we don't correct the situation, that we will have made a big hole in the system here because the vast majority of immunizations, over 80% of the injections are given in doctors' offices. Are you finding that some practices may be choosing to give certain vaccines based on payment and not carrying others, perhaps the more expensive ones? Absolutely. When vaccines are not covered by insurance or they're not part of the Vaccine for Children's program and provided to the doctors' offices, the, the physicians will expect that the family pay for the vaccine at the time of administration, or if not, they'll ask them to obtain the immunization at a public health clinic or some other site. Let's talk a little bit about the actual cost of the vaccine. When you have a retail product, often there is a suggested retail price. Do you find that all physicians are paying the same price for the exact same vaccine, or is there some variation across the country? No, there's, there's considerable variation. And, you know, the price that is set is something which is done by the manufacturer and oftentimes done in a way where the physician's reimbursement is less than it actually costs to purchase the vaccine. You know, the whole system is really very difficult for the physician. The recommendations that come out from the Center for Disease Control come out and are made public, and oftentimes there's a delay before the insurance companies begin to reimburse for the vaccine and yet the families are anxious to get the vaccine for their children, and the physician is put in the awkward position of having to give vaccines that have not yet been loaded into the system for the various insurance companies to pay for them. And then once they do start paying for them, they'll set rates for reimbursement, which may be below what the physician can actually get in their office, depending upon the size of their office and the amount they buy. They may be able to get the vaccine for more or less, but it's still their personal cost in their office which may be more than they're actually able to get from the insurance company in reimbursement. Now, is there some kind of standard that's set that gives insurers a guideline or a minimum as to what they should be reimbursing? Well, the insurers uh, will, you know, actually look at what they feel is the average purchase price for a physician, and then they'll set it at that level. 
But that may or may not be what the physician was able to negotiate in his office. Are there certain incentives that can be given to the private payers so that they can reimburse adequately or so that they might be able to do the vaccine purchasing up front and then ship them to physicians? What else can be done? Well, you know, I think there could be tax incentives to the manufacturers. I think that there could be a system where the physicians in their office are reimbursed at the purchase price in the area, not just the average that the company has come up with in some national scheme. I think there could be much more flexibility here to meet the cost of the vaccine in the physician's office. The physicians could be helped with the purchasing, maybe through purchasing cooperatives where they can get the vaccine at a lower price, but the insurance companies need to work with the physicians to make sure that they're not being hung out to dry, so to speak, where they have to make up the difference with what the insurance company has calculated as a fair reimbursement and what the physician in a small office is ending up having to pay. Let's talk a little bit more about that purchasing cooperative. Is that the same thing as, as a group purchasing organization? Yes, yes. And, you know, that that is a way where physicians may be able to take part of the size issue where, where you're a small practice, a small business, by working as part of a purchasing cooperative, you may be able to buy in, in large enough quantities where you can get a more competitive price. Do you think most physicians are taking advantage of that type of process? You know, unfortunately, I think what's happening is that the numbers of payers, you know, and the complexity of getting reimbursement and just all the contingencies of running a day-to-day office is in many situations overwhelming the physician in his small practice. The physician is really coming to work every day trying to see his patients one after another, and I think it's making it more and more difficult for the doctor in private practice just to be able to manage the business aspects of their office. And so I think in a larger practice setting with professional help in the office, some physicians are able to do better in this regard than others it is quite variable. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about when a manufacturer increases a vaccine price. I believe this happened not too long ago with a pneumococcal conjugate vaccine. What happens when all of a sudden the cost of the vaccine goes up? Well, the physician is left uh, in a very difficult situation. He's got patients coming into the office who are due to get the vaccine, expect to be able to get it, and their insurance plans entitle them to it. And the physician is now in a situation where they're providing a vaccine that costs them more than they're able to recover from the insurance company. And, you know, there hasn't been really the coordination that needs to occur between the insurance payers and the manufacturers so that these things sync up. I mean, there should be If there is truly a need to increase the purchase price of the vaccine, then there needs to be some coordination then with the payers so that the payers have the ability to also adjust their payment rates. Is there something you could write into your contract with a payer in the event that the vaccine price does go up? You know, smart contracting is something here that could help some of the docs. And, you know, I think that a physician should not just take whatever is given to them as a contract from a third-party payer and that they need to get the kind of detail, like you're talking about, into their contracts. They can write those kinds of provisions in. You know, sometimes it's important for a physician 
to just say no and say, I'm not going to do this unless you agree to pay me what it's going to cost me to provide these vaccines. If you've just joined us, you're listening to a special segment, Focus on Healthcare Policy. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Shu. Our guest is Dr. Jay Berkelhammer, past president of the American Academy of Pediatrics. We're discussing the role of physicians, vaccine manufacturers, and insurers in improving our vaccine financing system. Now, again, when physicians are aware that there's going to be a price increase, typically do they get some kind of of notice, advance warning from the vaccine manufacturer that this will happen? You would hope so, although I've heard of instances where that happens very precipitously and that there isn't sufficient advance warning and there isn't enough time delay between the change in price and the ability for the insurance companies to then change their payment rates. Would the physician, though, be able to stock up on the vaccine at the old price? Well, you know, I think maybe that happens in some instances, but now you're investing even more money in stockpiling vaccines in your refrigerator in your office. And, you know, that too becomes a carrying cost for the practice to keep large supplies of vaccines in stock that may take a long time then to use up and recover reimbursement from. So that may become sort of a um, an act in futility, really, because you're having to put up all the, the money in, in your stock. Is there any sense then in waiting kind of till the last minute to, to keep your stock adequate for patients? Well, I mean, ideally, you would like to have the smallest number of biologicals in your office that you need in order to meet the day-to-day needs of your practice. But then If you've got a spotty system of recovery where it's hard for you to get the vaccines in a timely manner, then you end up stockpiling. But, I mean, in the most efficient situation, you would have a ready source of vaccines coming into your office, and you would keep a minimal supply in your office. And so it becomes a real management issue, and you have to have staff that are working with you, helping you with this day in and day out. Do you find that physicians are able to negotiate with the vaccine manufacturers and distributors to be able to return any unused product? Some of the manufacturers for some of the vaccines have done that. But I would again say we are dealing with a very complex system across the country with lots of variation from one place to another. You know, we're 50 different states. We're many different localities. If there was a single overall thing we could do, we would try and make some universal sense of this vaccine program, which is so varied and so different from place to place. As you mentioned, the the system itself is complex, but I've also found that there's also... um some sense of suspicion in the public. And I've heard people saying that, oh, doctors are making so much money from vaccines. You know, that kind of talk. It's terrible. It is absolutely terrible. And we know that's not true. And doctors see this primarily as a service to their patients. It often is an expense to the practice. Doctors are losing money on administering vaccines in many practices. We find that as many as one out of five Families who come in are questioning the doctor about the safety of the vaccine. This has become a major headache for us. And as the numbers of vaccines have increased, the numbers of things we're trying to prevent, and these are wonderful scientific advances, and the vaccines are safe and they are effective, and yet the public hasn't really understood, maybe because so many things have happened so quickly. And, you know, what the American Academy of Pediatrics is working on now really is a really a publicity kind of and an educational kind of campaign 
so that people can become better aware of just how safe these things are. We really shouldn't have our Hollywood movie stars um, pontificating on the safety and the effectiveness and the indications and contraindications. We really need to get our professional expertise out there and have families understand that we're there to help them and serve them and to do what's best for their children. Now, moving along to what manufacturers can do to help improve the system, are there any changes that can be made, such as manufacturers offering advanced vaccine product to physicians who have had good payment histories with them? There ought to be all kinds of things that the manufacturers do to make this simple for the doctor in their office and to make it more economically feasible. And I'm convinced that the manufacturers are trying to do some of these things. They really are. And that there's no, in, in my mind, there are no evil people out there. There are people who are misinformed. There are problems in each of the stakeholders in the vaccine system doing things in ways that make sense and that are responsible and coordinated. Unfortunately, the doctor is the end user of these materials and often is left with the financial consequences of a system that's dysfunctional. Now, since a physician is the end user of, of these products, they also need to, to have some type of business sense. And when I was training in residency, I definitely had no exposure at all to the business side of medicine, especially vaccine ordering, um, financing, delivery. Are residency programs doing a better job of teaching the business aspect of medicine to physicians? And what kind of resources exist for pediatricians who are just getting started in practice? Well, certainly the American Academy of Pediatrics has put together educational materials on this subject and are readily available to practicing pediatricians. Residency programs across the country are including more and more content in resident education on the actual business of medicine. One of the things that concerns me, Jennifer, is that it's becoming increasingly difficult, though, for the small office, for the practice with just several physicians in it, or even a solo physician, to stay on top of all this stuff. And it really has become increasingly important, I believe, for physicians to have business partners or business colleagues who are working with them to help make business sense out of their practice. It's become a very complicated world out there for us. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Jay Berkelhammer, past president of the American Academy of Pediatrics. We've been discussing the role of physicians, vaccine manufacturers, and insurers in improving our vaccine financing system. I'm Dr. Jennifer Hsu. You've been listening to a special segment, Focus on Healthcare Policy, on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com, featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. And thank you for listening.